the Dashboard Effect Podcast. I'm Brick Thompson. And I'm Caleb Oaks. Hey, Caleb. Hey, Brick. So in our last podcast, uh, our How to Succeed with BI series, we talked about defining impact before embarking on an, an initiative, whether that initiative be something small, like a day spending, spent building a report, or something bigger, like building a, a full data warehouse. Today, we're going to talk about aligning on metrics. So once you know that there's value in what you're going to be doing, and you've, you've defined that impact, and there's going to be good ROI, now you've got to implement it. And one, one of the Harder things to do in that is getting good alignment across all stakeholders on metrics. Yeah. And not just what what the metrics mean, but what, what are they? That's yeah, very important as well. Yeah. And I think it's actually one of the most overlooked pieces of building BI. And, you know, I know early in our BI career many years ago, um, uh, we had projects where it seemed to make sense and be the most efficient way to go at a project to align with one stakeholder and get definition around metrics and KPIs and that type of thing and go ahead and build out the project. But that didn't always work out as well as it should. No, it didn't. And like you said, it's very reasonable. You know, you work with the person who's dealing with these numbers every day. You assume they know the definition of the logic. Um, and sometimes it worked. Yeah, to to our credit, it works sometimes. Well, as we were getting ready to record, you you reminded me of a story. Well, actually, why don't you go ahead and tell that story? Sure. So we were working with a healthcare company, and we were building reporting around claims and write-off reasons and adjustments. And we got all of the logic from the person who owns that side of the business, so who's in charge of claims. And what she told us, we built, and it worked great. And she was extremely happy with what was there. Um, a few months down the road, we got a call from the CFO and, and he was saying, this is all wrong. What did you guys build for us? My stomach is sinking right now as you're telling this. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately what we found was that he was expecting something totally different. So the logic that we were given by the person who handles claims was not aligned whether it was right or wrong, you could probably make an argument that both ways were technically right. It's just a way to view the data. So um, he wanted it to be all changed. So we ultimately had to redo the report um, and the logic behind it to where it matched his expectations. Yeah. Um, and that was a hard lesson. You know, we we definitely got away with it plenty of times. We're having a single person define uh, the metrics was that it worked. We got us to a good result. Um, but um, after one or two of those experiences, we changed our process and we, we don't do that anymore. So, so tell me about how we do it now. Yeah. Well, I'll give you another example. So recently we were working with a client and they had a, a bunch of key metrics that they wanted to measure. Uh, they were going through an OKR initiative and as we were going through our design, as we were talking about these different metrics and how to display them on the report, it became very clear that there was misalignment between the executives. So we were doing different meetings with different executives. And along the way, we uncovered, wait a second, this definition does not match what we heard in our last meeting. So ultimately, what we were able to do is get a, a meeting with all of the executives and hash out the definition in about 45 minutes. So uh, very important. And now we don't run the risk of someone questioning the numbers, someone asking, why does this not match my number? What's the definition of this? That's not right. You know, all of that avoided now. 
Yeah. Do you ever have a hard time convincing these busy executives that it's worth spending the time? I mean, I, I know that I've been in, in engagements where the sort of the chief executive or CFO who's who's really the primary stakeholder but not involved in the day to day will just delegate these decisions to people under them. What do you do? It's a, it's a great question. And I, th- I think you do if you just go say, well, we need to align on this metric and there hasn't been any disagreement yet, that's a hard sell. But as you go, if you have those meetings, like I gave in my example, uh, it becomes pretty obvious that, okay, we need to get together and figure this out. Um, you know, sometimes it's a metric that may not be, may not reach the level of the C-suite, but there are, there's probably some high level, high level middle management uh, that needs to be brought in on the conversation to get it hashed out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, at that point, you can make a case for actually having them spend that time, make that investment. I think you made a, a comment earlier, too, about um, if you define a key metric in isolation, you can risk redefining an existing metric. What, what did you mean by that? So let's say you've got a metric called you know, gross profit. Well, that's probably a bad example. Gross profit is <laughs> pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, let's, say it's, let's say it's net profit. And so you've got one person or you may have an existing definition where it's, uh, you know, you take all of your revenue and you, you subtract all of your expenses and then less discounts and, uh, maybe returns or something. And that gets you to net profit. You know, you may have another department that doesn't quite define it exactly like that. So they, they may take, they may not take out returns, for example. Um, and so you're going to get a different definition. So if you if you define metrics in isolation, you run that risk of coming up with two definitions of something called the same metric. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times that there's good reason for having a different definition. It's just important to call them something different. Right, right. So that when people see them on their reports, they know exactly which one of those two definitions they're looking at. Right, exactly. I mean, you can imagine a scenario where one person brings their net profit number to the to the quarterly meeting and it's different than, you know, their, their peers net profit number. And now everybody's confused. They don't know what, they don't even know why they're different. Well, yeah. And and we've definitely seen that. And that can blow up an entire BI initiative. So you might have someone who's pulling data directly from a transactional system. They've defined a metric the way that makes sense for them and they've done it and they end up in a board meeting or a, a senior executive meeting and someone else comes in and says, that's not right, and shows how they calculated it on their spreadsheet. And you can end up sort of in uh, chaos, actually. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. It, it reminds me of uh, of when I first got involved with BI, I was working at a giant company. And, and just to give you an example, the size is a $30 billion company. And we were rolling out BI for the first time. You know, we had had some, some older legacy tools, but this was the first time with real interactive visual BI. And it was going to go across the entire company. And the CEO insisted on having a key metrics document so that every time you saw something like revenue on a report, you knew exactly what that number meant. And it was consistent throughout the entire company. Yeah. Okay. So it's really important. One, that you commit to getting alignment on metrics. 
that you're able to make the business case for getting busy, expensive executives to show up for that effort. Um, and then I think there's also another piece of that is to make sure you don't forget some key person or some key group. Um, and I've seen that happen more than once. So you've really got to dig deep and make sure that you have everybody at the table for that. And sometimes that's three people, but sometimes it's six. Yeah. Yep. Exactly right. Okay. So what are our takeaways here? So metric alignment, one of the most overlooked things that occurs in a BI initiative, and it's so incredibly important. Yeah, it definitely is. It makes me think of the uh, the Lencioni, you know, the five dysfunctions guy, his quote, if you could get all the people in an organization rowing in the same direction, you could dominate any industry in any market against any competition, any time. And this type of alignment allows you to get people rowing in the same direction. It's powerful words. Yeah. All right. Another takeaway. So avoid the temptation to go down the, what looks like an efficient path where you let one person say, this is the metric. This is what I want it to do. Um, and this is how it's categorized. Yeah. You may save time up front. It's going to bite you in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So even though it can feel like a time consuming process, you can actually end up spending a lot more time. You can hurt the credibility of your entire BI initiative. If someone shows up with different numbers, now nobody trusts the numbers. They don't know which ones to trust. Um, or, I mean, I guess even worse, maybe people just start ignoring the numbers. That's, that is the worst it's because then you don't know. And you think, you think you've got, you've done something great and nobody's actually looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good discussion, Caleb. Thank you. Thanks, Brick. Talk to you soon.